right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is uh, my friend Tom Richardson. Welcome to Aiden Meets Interesting People. I know. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for having me in your uh, in your place here. This is the the space. This is this your is, yeah. little upstairs areas. Your little secret hidey hole up in the clouds. Spend most of your time up here. Probably too much time. Yeah. <laughs> too much time. So we'll get into sort of the things that you do up here. Um, people will know you. And we'll understand that I've probably got you on here. One, because of music. So I think generally most well-known around Wannable as, as a musician. But I think the main reason that you've uh, made your way onto Aiden Reed's Interesting People is that the, the, the way that you use your music um, to build community, I think, which is, which is really cool. So we're going to get into, into that. Um, there's a lot of people out there that play you know music they play play at pubs and play at clubs and whatever but i i don't think there's a lot of people out there that use their music the way you do so that's wow. that's that's why we've got you here um and uh so so we'll, we'll get into it this my, my first little little sort of questions i guess uh, are based around are based around your music career so i did have a bit of a dig and found you Uh-oh. alive and well on spotify <laughs> Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, and I reckon um, some musicians have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Spotify. Um, is it a necessary evil? Um, I think that's the easy option. I can definitely empathise with that for sure, but I don't know. It also doesn't feel very good right. uh, to be. You know, I, I get it when there's this huge company that's obviously making a lot of money, and it's not filtering down to the people who are actually creating the content so there's a there's definitely a a level of injustice the flip side of that is i haven't taken the time to learn enough about the intricacies of <laughs> right ignorant bliss yeah <laughs> you're just not actually sure what's yeah yeah but you know i think across the board there's there's definitely grounds for frustration it's also you know not that you can pay the rent with exposure yeah uh, yeah that classic yeah that's right yeah but you know i think that it's also it's where we're at in in 2021 that's it's the way of the world and you can either argue with it and you can be like 10 years ago i used to make more money selling cds than i did actually getting paid you know and and that's 10 years ago anyone that you spoke to you know, you what you get paid for the gig would cover the cost, and then right. you might make double that on CD sales. CD sales or, afterwards, or yeah. busking was a thing because you know your merch sales basically could pay your rent. Whereas now, cars don't even have CD players in them anymore. No, no. So no one wants to buy a CD or a download card because you know. And I use Spotify. It's the most every single song on the planet is in your pocket. Yeah. Except for the real hard-nosed dudes who are fighting <laughs> yeah, the system. Yeah, love the vinyls. And yeah, oh, well, um, the ones that don't, they won't put it on Spotify. Yeah. Are there big name bands that won't put stuff on Spotify? I thought Metallica was one for a while or not. Yeah, there's definitely, a, there's been those big, I don't know if that was like Napster I, I, or back, yeah, you know, back, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, back when it was probably a bit dirtier. Like, Yeah, yeah, and you could like kind of get away with that. I don't know, it's a funny thing, but um, I'm also... I. You know, I, I don't think unless, you, but you know, the flip side of that, I, I don't think I'm famous enough to probably be making money off Spotify. Maybe there there is dudes that are making money off. Do you get the check? Do you get a check from Spotify? Well, you've had thirty one thousand yeah. listens on one of your songs, uh, Pockets. 
Was it the biggest one? Yeah. That was in the pockets. Do you get do you get, get, get a random nah. check in the mail occasionally, or have you got to sort of hit a number? I'd have to really look look into it. I think Apple Music, iTunes was doing a a better job of paying the artists and platforms like Bandcamp. I think are probably if people are really looking to support artists for artists' sake, Bandcamp is above and beyond the, really the best platform because artists you know they will we'll still get 90 percent. so what sort of artists would you find on Bandcamp? like who's yeah it's like it's are, are the top tier i've never used it are the top tier on there or is it sort of those nah. people who are who are a little bit more underground i don't know if that's the right word but yeah i think anyone who still um has a level of independence even if they you know i think once major labels start b- becoming involved that probably starts to get more tricky yeah um but yeah it's probably in the last four or five years it's that world i've kind of moved away from that world and that was a really a beautiful intro i you know the the fact that you were able to delineate between music and then and using the music to create yeah community that's very much what i i love to do so that's probably where i've i've started to okay so you're basically you're saying you don't you don't really care what Spotify's doing because your focus of music is not a money-making thing. It's more a vehicle to do other things. Yeah. Is that how you look at your music? Yeah. I'd, it's not that I... Maybe I wouldn't say I don't <laughs> care. I don't care because there is a, a moral dilemma, but it probably doesn't affect me as much as it would have 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, as much as people that are just focusing on, on touring and releasing music, which is... Yeah, it's not necessarily right where I'm at at the moment, but it'll probably come back around. And yeah. so, if you interview me in a, in a year's time, I'll be like, Spotify, <laughs> where's my like Stitching me up. Yeah. So, have you got music <laughs> friends who, like, if I asked them the same question, would they be like, screw Spotify, they dick it over the man? You know? Some would, for sure. And yeah. some would probably be like, you know what, I haven't, um, you know, I wouldn't have a career without Spotify. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a, a handful of independent guys who've, cracked the code cracked the algorithms and they're selling out the you know venues like the my music bowl off the back of social media yeah that's right Um, using social media to link to it yeah you can't can't do that with a hard copy cd yeah and the flip side of like behind the scenes of of spotify in my you know we've got kind of a dashboard for artists behind the scenes and and you can see exactly where people are listening as well so for me one of my the biggest countries that that listen to my music is Italy, yeah, really? and I've never I've never toured in Italy. Ah, um, and so there's you know yeah, there's right. the classic like Australia and Canada and and Germany places that I have toured. They're you know they're in the top five, but then there's random ones like Italy and Lithuania, like rent. Yeah, and so you get the sort of weird spikes in these yeah, places. and you can you can then pinpoint within the country geographically. So oh. if I know you know, like Portland or, you know, Allensford, you know, yeah. or, or Brisbane or Darwin or somewhere, there's a there's thousands of listeners from that city. You can start to target your touring where you know that people are already listening oh, to Oh, yeah, it. so you're reversing it rather than yeah. like, uh, uh, there's a spike in Darwin because I've just played there, so I can't understand. What... So the you'd look at it and go like, flipped. oh, there's, there's yeah. you know, a couple of dozen people watching me or listening to me in Darwin. Yeah. They'd pack the bus and get up there. 
yeah so it, it, the whole thing can kind of yeah you I, can I, use I it really that. really yeah. so it is it is a really powerful tool so when are you going if you to know Italy? how to use it yeah i don't know i'd love to go to Italy. <laughs> not not anytime <laughs> not soon, anytime soon. Ah. but yeah yeah i'd love to get over there yeah we'll so would you rather sell 50,000 cds or get 50,000 spotify listens cds for sure cds for sure yeah yeah, yeah or it's just you know you do the maths on what well, a, yeah, what a cd used to cost yeah. and i i know that that's a um i don't know maybe i shouldn't say that yeah that's that's actually a, there's a there's a that's a multi-layered <laughs> question for sure you know i think like oh now i got to pay the rent somewhere i'm not living in the back of the van cds yeah. would probably be a good thing but <laughs> it was funny yeah. when you mentioned cds before i had a, a friend came around the other day and we were talking uh and he said, oh, from a band I used to play and I, I dug up this CD. And uh, I was thinking in my house, I, I don't have any way to play it. Yeah. Like my car doesn't have a CD player. My laptop doesn't have a CD player. I don't, I think I took my DVD player. I don't, and I, even then, I don't even know if I can put a CD in there. I honestly have no way of playing a, a CD yeah. in my current house. Yeah. It just, it, that, yeah. It moved, it, that whole world moved, you know, that was a space of three to five years that whole world just went yeah see you later yeah these things are you know and i think the record thing's still a bit of a niche market as well i think that's yeah. you know there's there's yeah. profit to be made on a small amount of more more profit than streaming um but, but sure yeah. pressing vinyl must cost a lot more than burning yeah. a cd 100 percent. yeah yeah so it's relative cds were great you know like you could per unit they might have cost dollar fifty you oh, really? know like for a really nice looking yeah. per unit if you're ordering you know the flip side now is i think every <laughs> see every single musician from that transition has got you know five thousand cds in a I, would box. Ha- I would have at least fifteen hundred <laughs> cds across like my old albums sitting in my parents shed you know so i probably need to do like a fire sale and <laughs> oh no just try and get rid of them <laughs> ah jolly good all right let's we'll get into uh, into your um your uh you know rides through the the world of music and uh and then we'll link that to, to how you've sort of used that in your community um you started off just sort of kicking around and and street busking and doing some things like that and now you've find yourselves pre-covid times on the bills of larger sort of music festivals around the world how as a as a musician, is that something that you seek out? Like, you're like, I want to get to that music festival, so therefore, I'm, these are the steps I need to take. Or does it does it just happen? Like, how how do you go from busking on the streets to? Yeah, there's definitely elements of both for sure. Um, I think that I got. Um, I think I was fairly fortuitous in the timing that. Um, the music that I was interested in and, and probably influenced a lot by when I was young, it was, you know, when that blues and roots was, a, it was almost like the dominant, um, one of the most dominant genres in Australia. So what, what sort of year is it? When What sort of era? Mm, probably like t- early 2000s. Anywhere between like 2004. I started playing music full time professionally in 2008. Yeah, so who do you so, put in that category? John Butler trios and... Yeah, Xavier Rudd, yeah. Ash Grunwell, Jack Johnson, yeah. ben, like Ben Harper's All definitely. All your mates now. Like the, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the godfather. 
Ben Harper is a huge one yeah. for me. But, you know, Jeff Lang in Australia is probably the dude that everyone has modelled. You know, he may not have ever got to the same notoriety as, you know, your John Butler's or Xavier Rudd's or those kind of dudes. But he is just like Jeff Lang for everyone. John Butler describes that going to a Jeff Lang show is like going to church. Yeah, right. Because freaky guitar player, freaky with all the tech and the setup and, you know, his guitars and, yeah, great songwriter. And so that kind of genre of music, which all kind of just took off across the, you know, I think the Ben Harper and Jack Johnson thing was in the States too. So all of that kind of, I was you know, a, a younger version of Yeah, so you modelled yourself dudes. on those guys and, yeah. and wanted to... So you sort of put yourself out there on like festivals, so those sort of Blues and Roots festivals and things. Like, Do you approach yeah. them and say, I want to play here? Or do they... I mean, I'm assuming you don't get talent scouted off the, off the streets busking or anything. You know, No, it's, it's all very much... Um, yeah, it's a real... I don't know, it's real intricate um, in its... In the most basic form, there's application processes. Right. Um, it's normally just done online. You don't have to put CDs in the post like nah. you used to right. in the snail mail. But it's all just an online application. And then, um, you know, the festivals probably have a hit list of, yeah, the you top know, X percentage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then whatever other percentage they fill out through the application process. And I probably, you know, got my foot in the door at some of the the smaller festivals that maybe couldn't afford, you know, the, the bigger names, but I was like a, an imitation of them maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from there, you, you know, I kind of forge my own sound and you forge your own name and, um, connect with other people and then you can start to, right. to figure out. And your font world. on the music posters that yeah. you, you probably started off down the bottom in that really small font, but then you slowly get bigger and bigger and you can yeah. watch it. Watch I haven't, I haven't made it to the very top yet. <laughs> you haven't got to the big font. Except for you know, a couple of smaller festivals, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. It's definitely. So you've shared the stage with some of those, the bigger names. I joked before about saying all of your mates, but I'm assuming you probably. I've, yeah, I've definitely crossed paths for sure. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. been lucky enough to, you know, those, they have those showcases where, you know, it might be a blues showcase and you sit on stage with five or six other musicians or do supports yeah. um, for those guys, which is, you know, that's always super fun just to be on the same same stage or hanging out in the dressing yeah, rooms or whatever it is. The, yeah, sort of the green room at the back. is the... Yeah, but everyone's just, you know, you, it's you, what you learn pretty quick is that everyone's just just a dude hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Or a dude out. I shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's suited in the overall sense of yeah, being a dude. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. So where have you where, where where have you been? You said you haven't haven't been to Italy, although you're super famous in Italy. Pavarotti <laughs> <laughs> uh, style yeah. fame in Italy. Where where have you been? Um, all over the place. It's been the the coolest thing. Um, music's been the the vehicle that's put me in all sorts of crazy situations. Yeah. Um, I've spent most of my time. You know, the, the first kind of, I don't know, five or six years was predominantly in Australia and in all all states all over the country. So um, I've played in every every Australian state. So did you have the cliched um, like muso van? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Bed in the back. Yeah. Yeah. All the gear underneath it, and then just yeah, yeah, driving around. 
I think probably from, you know, from 2006 until 2012, I, I would have slept f- far more nights in vans, normally my van, but um, than, than a bed for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's just standard. That's cool. Um, across the board. So, yeah, Australia's been a big one. And then 2012... I kind of I've I've done other stuff throughout Fiji and Indonesia. I've spent mm. a lot of time in in Fiji and the music culture over there is so beautiful. It's such a different world that you know pe- everybody every single indigenous Fijian can sing like an absolute yeah, right. monster. So it's you know there's four part harmonies in these little villages in the jungle and you know just to sit in the middle of that is is amazing. Is that because they, they, they just they do a lot of it, like is that just what, part of the culture? Just, yeah, they yeah. just sing a lot, so they they got the confidence and and yeah. they hear it. I guess growing up and whatever, I can't see. Yeah, it at all. and it's not discouraged. I think you know, in the West, it's like unless you're a singer, unless you've got yeah. some like natural talent from a primary school age. Yeah, it's like you're in the audience, Shush. you're on stage, <laughs> yeah. which is such. Am I allowed, are we allowed to swear on this? Bullshit, right? oh, yeah. I can say bullshit. I won't. Like, you beep out the other ones. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I think I started yeah. beeping them out one time and they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know who that's definitely, I'm I don't know really adamant about that bull, you know, bullshit. And I think a lot of the work that I do now is like a, um, I was about to use the F word, <laughs> you know, but starting to like reverse that system where it's like, if your grade five music teacher told you not to sing, chances are as an adult, you're not singing. You yeah. know, it's like, it's wounded you so much as a, as a kid that people aren't, and it's, a, you know, across the creative realms, but you know, that's another conversation, but, <laughs> um, yeah, Fiji's a, a stunning place. And then jumping on, on a plane in, in 2012 to, to North America and touring throughout Canada and the States was a big one. And then off the back of that was a few months in Germany, which is amazing. Yeah. The German, the German audience, well, just the German, the German culture has got this appreciation for the arts and for music and yeah, right. it's a legitimate career. Are you doing festival so. stuff there or are you doing um, like not pub gigs, but yeah. Um, um, a little bit know. of both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some, there's, it, you know, anytime it's summer, anywhere in the world, there's these amazing festivals. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, it's also a, a soup. That's where everyone wants to play. That's like the, everybody who goes to a music festival's in a good mood and they're to listen to the music, which yeah. um, isn't always the case. But Germany, doesn't matter where you're playing, you can hear a pin drop. So as soon as the musician starts playing, everyone's like, "Cool, you know, this person's right. doing their job." We're going to sit. Oh, down sorry, and like shut in the pub here, and... people are you, yeah, you have background musician and you just chit chat and have a good time. Yeah. Germany's more like Saturday oh. night in a pub in Germany. Yeah, three notes into playing something on the guitar, everybody. Yeah, stop. Yeah, listen, unbelievable. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Well, Especially then, coming from here, you know, where it's normally like, shut up, I can't hear the <laughs> yeah, horse races the, or yeah, whatever it is. I'm trying to watch the last quarter of the footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, that kind of started a an annual circuit, I suppose. And that was the last, 2011 was the last winter that I'd had until COVID went down. Right. Oh, you just chase the sun. Yeah. Chase the summer summer festivals and... Yeah, Southern yeah. Hemisphere, Northern Sa- Hemisphere. Yeah. Been South America? Haven't been to South America. No. 
no, I'd love to get there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I haven't been there either. Yeah, and then a lot of time in, in Bali, in Indonesia, um, combining what Kim, my wife, does with the yoga stuff and combining that with with music and putting those two worlds together and being lucky enough yeah. to run retreats over there. At the same time? Like you play and people are doing yoga while you're playing? Yeah. So rather than having the ocean sounds and the whale noises, it's Tom Richardson. Yeah, which is... It's, it's been a real blessing for us to be able to do what we do. Yeah. You know, we were both doing these separate worlds before we met and then to merge those two worlds and still right. get to, to travel and... Can people you know, sing I, while they're doing yoga? They have done. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Breaking the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's all part <laughs> that's of great. it. You know, you, you can... Yeah, well, there's, lo- there's lots of weird stuff that we've done in the middle of yoga classes, which... <laughs> Yeah, just and it, I think you know, it kind of breaks that the myth of spirituality needing to you know be sitting with your legs crossed and right. silent, and it's Complete, like yeah. there's so many different avenues to get out of your head. Do you guys do that here at the because yeah. we're, we're at the the space wellbeing in Live Street? Do you, do you guys, yeah, you, you play and yeah, uh, your partner, yep. yeah, yeah. So it's it's really it's super cool, and then you know, there's then you can start to go full crazy the other way and and start to talk about vibrations you know like the actual literal vibrations of of an instrument and the effects that that has yeah on your your body and not circadian rhythm that's more to do with the moon isn't it but it's like a isn't it it's all yeah it's all yeah but like yeah i know what you mean though yeah yeah it sounds you know and and it sounds like it's it's really out there but it's I can, you know, we could also flip it and talk about it in science terms as well in regards to, you know, like if you hold a glass of water and you shake it yeah. or, you know, if you stamp, then there's a vibration and your body's 75% water or whatever it is. Yeah. And so if you play a certain frequency, it's going to do something to your body. That's it's what they think about that. kids going crazy on the full moon. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, well, your body's 75% water, so maybe... Yeah. It's, uh, is, it, is it more? 74? Yeah, maybe something like that. But uh, You're yeah. the phys ed teacher. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> You should have all the biology. I'm a bit beyond that now. Those, <laughs> those days of chalkboard teaching, are, uh, yeah. yeah, they're beyond me. So I'll have, oh, to, I'll have to re-look it up. That's all right. You can put it in the show notes. Show notes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the composition of uh, human body will be in the show notes. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> I've never done show notes. I'll have to learn how to do that. Uh, I've always wanted to say that. I haven't done enough podcasts for so. <laughs> Just check check the show notes check after. Show notes. First, I'll have to Google what the hell is show notes. Where do you? How do them? I put show yeah. notes? Yeah. Uh, um, back as a back as a kid, you grew up with with music. Can you remember sitting down and penning your own songs rather than covers? You started writing your own. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's fascinating. My there wasn't necessarily many musicians in my house or in my family. Um, so that was a, it's kind of a little bit of one from left field that that was very much just a very evident passion. We always listened to, to a bunch of, of music and good stuff that I still like, you know, Van Morrison and James Taylor and JJ Kale. Um, but then, yeah, I think it was probably maybe year eight or year nine, the Port Ferry Folk Festival growing up down here has always been a really big one yeah um, and to see you know going back to Jeff Lang like sitting this far away from from Jeff Lang when he's just tearing a guitar to shreds or amazing songwriters and going to 
high school and sitting down with a guitar teacher saying, how do I do that? Or how do I write a song? And um, really being nurtured through that process, probably yeah. from like so you 14, didn't, you didn't have no music in the house. Like, has, no, mum wasn't a guitarist, dad wasn't a guitarist. So you just came home from school one day with the with the flyer and said, you know, yeah. John Marinetti's doing... Uh, it was actually Guitar Russell lessons. Moody, so like Russell Moody, those, those yeah, two guys. I, I could have been either of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, I'm doing uh, so guitar fat. lessons. I, I want guitar lessons. And is that where you started? Um, yeah, well, but my, you know, my folks were really, um, they value the arts. And um, we were, both my sister and I started piano lessons at a young age, which I think is not uncommon. And no. in, I always have to be conscious I hope I haven't told this story too much, but I still can't read music now. And I did two years of piano from, you know, when I was probably, you know, eight years old to 10 years old, maybe. And there was a little CD in the back of the book that you'd work through. So I'd like kind of fumble my way through this half an hour piano lesson and then... I'd go home and I'd spend the week like listening to the CD and figuring out how to play this song. And then I'd go mm. back the next week and like, cool, yep, Tom, you can play that song. You get a tick next to it. We'll do the next song. And I worked through like three or four of these books and then it got to the, the Christmas concert and the teacher put a, a piece of ah, music in right. front of me and I just started crying. <laughs> you know, I was like nine-year-old boy. I was like, that is just another language. Yeah. And... And you still, and you she still didn't even realise. Yeah. You know, the, the teacher, I'd done two years of lessons and she was like, what do you mean you can't read music? We've just done two years of of lessons. And so that kind of traumatised me. <laughs> um, I do want to go back, you know, and, and try and remember how to play the piano a bit more. But yeah, that really kind of traumatised <laughs> me. But I always, you know, when I was two years old, I just cracked the shits in a music store and, and pointing at a, this little legitimate guitar had six strings it wasn't a ukulele it was like a legit little guitar and mum got me out of the store and a couple of months later I turned two and she gave me that guitar and it's always been I can just remember that the draw towards the guitar so then for my 10th birthday I got a guitar and and lessons at the old music shack when it was Mm -hmm. still running yeah and yeah and then I had a, a lesson regularly and you know all throughout high school and just kept going just love it yeah do you have lessons now no 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 i i should i'd like i can to. imagine something yeah, like professional sports people they still train and, and have a coach even though they might be the best in the world at their job yeah you know, they still have a coach so i don't know do, do musicians still have what what if you were going to get lessons what would what are you lacking what are you missing? um Oh, there's I might be able just to help you. infinite. Yeah, look, any anything you're offering, I'm I'm all ears. I'm definitely not. A, don't claim to be an expert. I'd love to, you know, to learn. I actually, yeah, I haven't had a guitar lesson for a long time. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff in Indonesia, trying to to learn the harmonium, which is like a little piano. I've got one here somewhere. Yeah. Um, which is associated with Indian classical music, and okay. then. Yeah, even just diving into a different culture musically, Indian classical music, you know, when we normally count to four, you know, 
that's you know we sometimes we might count to six or count to eight in western music and that's you know that's, that's starting to get technical yeah normally we're just like if you can count to four you're home um <laughs> whereas you know some indian classical music they might have a a drum progression that's like 38 right. beats long or korean music is like 50 beats long and then it repeats again oh, so right. it's like such a so like starting to dive into that world from only really delving into the western music was like man i'm such a novice in, in the big <laughs> easy, scheme of things. easy part of it yeah, yeah. right it's crazy <laughs> all right let's jump into um like i said at the top the, the reason that i sort of not singled you out that makes you makes you sound like oh, you're in trouble you know <laughs> like well, it wasn't me uh it's because you really do use your music um, to benefit the community, um, seemingly more than than your own profession, like as becoming a professional musician. So, um, it's something that's really exploded was the Find Your Voice Choir that you and Kylie Thalborn sort of spearhead. Um, I know you've got a huge amount of backers and, and mm-hmm. um, people that help you out with that as well. But how, where did this idea come from? Because that's through the roof. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's bigger and more beautiful than either of us could have ever expected, and it was it was really interesting, um, and it was cool. Kylie and I kind of did an interview the other day, just how our worlds have continued to kind of intersect. We've known each other for a long, a long time, right. um, you know, a couple of decades, but she was she's always been doing the most amazing progressive work in um disability advocacy all abilities advocacy is much better term and so she was she's been moving in that realm for a long time and then i was working behind the scenes with the port ferry folk festival running songwriting workshops throughout the region for high school age kids and it was a a funded program that one of the schools pulled out last minute and portfolio said is there you know anything else that you could do with that kind of 20 percent of the 25 percent of the funding and i said oh you know i've got this amazing friend at the time the you know i think the other similar choirs in the region were having a bit of a break and there wasn't really a a really progressive professional music opportunity for all ages, all abilities, all sexual preferences, all religions, all, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, And so I just said, hey, like, why don't we just start? I don't even like using the word choir, to be honest, because it's so much more than that. There's a nine-piece band and there's, (laughs) you know, Auslan interpreters and hearing dogs and, yeah, it just really breaks outside of that choir, but that translated what we were trying to do early on. And then I kind of approached Kylie and said, "Hey, we've got this, we can perform at the Port Ferry Folk Festival. Can you help <laughs> so me?" So before you even had a choir, you had a gig at the Port yeah. Ferry Folk Festival. Yeah. So it really like it was cool because we had an end going. It was like, you know, "Holy shit, we've got to pull this thing off." Yeah. Um, and we drove around to a lot of the disability service providers. I just talked to a bunch of friends and said, "This is going to be so cool." And we thought, you know, I thought we might get 20 or 30 
people and there was 90 90 turned up the first turned up to the first rehearsal and there was fist fights and <laughs> so busy. yeah yeah you know and and for someone with you know you can empathize with this but somebody with you know complex autism who might normally operate in the world with earmuffs is all yeah. of a sudden in a room with 90 people singing we will rock Being you loud. Yeah. yeah yeah stamping their feet and clapping and and it was full full freakouts there was physical punch-ons in the, the first rehearsal and we're like yeah. what have we done yeah and now those same people stand front and center yeah in the the choir you couldn't be more surrounded by noise and people and and we you know we haven't we just saw everybody, you know, like if you can look at everybody with the same eyes and, mm. and kind of take a step back and be like, what's, you know, what's this person actually need? They want to be in this experience, but there's elements of the That's experience right. that are too confronting. Like, sorry, this isn't going to work for you because it's yeah. going to be loud. You're like, okay, well, that's a particularly loud section. So you actually, you need to be on this side of the stage maybe or, you know, let's move you away from the drums and move yeah. you up here where it's a little bit more... What's going to help your your yeah, focus exactly. and yeah. your enjoyment of yeah. this experience? And three three years later, there's, you know, anywhere... We had a rehearsal last week on a public holiday and 180 people turned up. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, nuts. you know... Yeah, it's great. Anywhere between 150 and 250 people will turn up to this thing. Right. Where, do you, where are you having uh, rehearsals these days? Here at the space. Oh, you're doing it here. Yeah, it's awesome because there's kind of the, the double the two levels. levels and and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, it's a perfect space because everyone can kind of be be spread out and yeah, it works. So, and then so it went from so you had 90 people came to the first thing, which blew your mind away. Yeah. Next minute you're on national television. With how many people did you take to Melbourne for Australia's Got Talent? 180. 180. Yeah. And uh, I mean the feedback from that and the just it was insane, wasn't it? Like yeah, <laughs> so cool, you know. And that was it's just like kind of looking at those things. I mean, like why why don't we all get to be have that experience? Yeah, right. Of, you know, we performed at the the Palais Theatre to two and a half thousand people on their feet and. And now that, you know, that video is close to 50 million views online and over half a million, in, you know, likes and comments and yeah. from all over the from world. all over the world, everywhere. And I can't think of one negative comment. No. You know, like you think yeah. about the keyboard worries and the internet trolls and and we're working with a, a vulnerable cohort of people and the celebration that this thing is, it just blows all of that. Like you can't argue with that. You no. can't argue with what this this thing is, and it, no one ever in, intended to set out to do it. But you know, the eight hundred pages of paperwork <laughs> that had to be done to get people to that experience yeah. behind the scenes. So then. that was a one. Was it a one day thing? So it's on the buses, just very briefly through the the actual logistics of it. Uh, yeah, we did a secret trip. We took. A third of the choir so we took 50 to bendigo in secret for the initial rehearsal and auditioned and waited around like everybody else and yep. then drove 
back again, you know. So there's but at that a, stage, a the producers knew that you had another 130 people that were keen to come for the main. Yeah. yeah. And they said, look, to be honest, don't bring the whole lot for yeah. the first rehearsal until we figure out how we can make this work. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. And then, you know, Kylie and I sat down with the the behind the scenes, you know, layout of the Palais Theatre and figured out how do we... How get, do we get people in, in and yeah. out of that venue and where the buses are going to park and and Ky- that's where you know kylie is a superstar i can't take you know i might be able to take 10 percent of credit for the logistics <laughs> of how that went down like you know i look after the creative stuff and then kylie is just next level yeah she got them all there unbelievable. yeah 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 crazy so then you you're on the bus early in the morning you, you head to, to melbourne are they all waiting backstage? Is there enough room back there for 180 people to sort of wait backstage? Or did you just sort of roll in and they're like, right, the, the, the guys are here now, get them on stage, do their bit, get them back on the bus? Yeah, it was. It was a little bit of both. Um, we'd, had, we'd had done a lot of forward planning and a lot of back and forth to the production company around what we needed it to look like. Um, but, you know, there was, they didn't have a holding space that was... You know, just the, the venue didn't have a holding space big no. enough for that many people. Oh, and no. the holding space that they did have was up a flight of stairs. So, right. it, you know, it wasn't accessible. And you've got how many how many wheelchair users? Yeah, you know, there's at least a dozen, um, which is, you know, which is cool. It's, it's definitely, you know, everyone's doing the best that they can. So I think the, the crew kind of hung out in Luna Park next door to the, the theatre. <laughs> and then... We basically just just rolled across the road. There's this amazing photo that you know we took up the whole side of the of the Palais Theatre, which is a big room, to the stage door, and then we just rolled in. You know, people in the audience said they they felt like they had two performances. Like one performance was just us getting, getting on, stage on stage before we even did anything, <laughs> and then yeah, it was it was phenomenal. The it was. You know, because a bus came from Portland, one left from Warrnambool, one picked up people in Terang, one picked up people from Camperdown. They rolled onto the base of the West Cape Bridge and all four of them just lined up oh, one wow. after another. Just, yeah, and, timed it perfectly. And pulled on, you know, there's four coaches and two smaller accessible buses that mm. rolled out the front of the, the producers <laughs> just, you know... All the cameras were there, were there waiting, but yeah, they couldn't believe their eyes. I would have been so excited for it. Like, I mean, you oh can, man, the, you can get as many comics as you want. You can get as many sort of acrobats or singers and whatever else. But that's it's the biggest choir of its nature anywhere on the planet, and yeah. it's from Southwest Victoria. Yeah, it's bonkers, but it's you know it's just that evidence of the bigger picture of music being the most accessible art form community building you know practice for want of a better word art form on the planet yeah why do you think it's if you if you just put together if you put out a facebook page and said um anyone who wants to join tom richardson's choir come and join it you're not going to get 180 people why do you reckon people with disabilities are attracted so much to that format or particularly what you do um, and we'll talk about the zoo choir because maybe I'm wrong. Then maybe there's more people that are in the zoo choir. But 
Yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you are right about this, just the sheer numbers. Um, we've always been really black and white around what the expectations are for joining that, that choir. And, and that's a, there's two very separate. And one is that anybody can come. doesn't yeah. matter what background you're from. You're welcome in this space. I don't care even if you can if you're non-verbal you're welcome no, yeah, in this space you know, yeah. yeah and yeah. and you bring your own frequency to the space and the the flip side of that is that we're getting on stage you know like you said we had a we had a gig booked before we even had a choir so it's <laughs> and at legit venues you know we've played at at Port Ferry Folk Festival and Queenscliff Music Festival and Australia's got talent and you know all of these um, we're about to do TEDx at the end of the month and yeah it's like we're going to set the bar here and everybody doesn't matter who you are you got to get to your interpretation of yeah what that bar is for you you know and there's 200 people in the choir there's 200 different arguable you know society interprets what that level is but it's like we're just like this is where we're going and you, you're coming along for the ride yeah with us if you show up yeah <laughs> talk about running before you can walk <laughs> that's a big yeah well, i think like, i think that's probably kylie <laughs> and i and, and, like... Ferry and australia's got talent <laughs> can you perform at my venue no that's not big enough <laughs> yeah huge well that's huge where we're at now it's like no. we're at the pa- we're at the, the point of talking to music festivals around what's your weight capacity for the stage because oh yeah yeah I never it's, thought of it's it. a real ohs like festivals freak the, out because it's like there's 200 people and there's 12 powered wheelchairs yeah so, you know not, they're not built for that sort of yeah weight how do you just, even just get people weight, on stage yeah. have you got a wheelchair lift or a ramp long enough to get these crew on stage <laughs> so do, it's you, pr- do you find most most venues and most festivals will do whatever they can to make it work yeah, yeah, where when yeah, wherever and yeah, and you don't find too many can, just going like, so. oh no, you didn't. God, I can't. No, I can't do that. Just hang up on you. So. It's well, it's definitely a balance for sure. You know, there's there's that real advocacy. It's like, why not? You know, there's there's people here that deserve to be on stage that are are in a wheelchair, and if you haven't got these accessibility requirements, yeah, they can't get on stage. There's a level of kind of. But then it's like if it's one person out of an entire weekend and you're juggling budgets, you know, if, if a, yeah. a wheelchair, even, a, you know, a manual one costs you 600 bucks for the weekend. Yeah. I don't, but generally you, you find know, most, most people are kind of very accommodating. Tangent. Yeah? For sure. You can't, you know, like I said, you can't argue with this thing. <laughs> um yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, what a beast! And on, you're not you're not far away. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up relatively soon. I've got a couple more things for you. But the zoo choir, you're about to run off and and do that for people who don't know particularly what the zoo choir is, myself included, by the way. Uh, not yet. You not come yet. tonight. <laughs> what are you doing at six? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what is it? Is it like just? Um, I think it's it's kind of in alignment. I'm not the. Um, I can't take any credit at all for the the model, for want of a better word. Um, there's definitely just it's just a it's another accessible space, but um, it's kind of a version of a pub choir. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know the you know and not you're not trying to pinpoint it to any one person but there's two dudes out of Toronto in Canada who run a, a pub choir called choir 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 and you basically turn up to the pub you get yourself a drink and somebody gives you a lyric sheet yeah and you split into two or three parts and you learn how to sing a song and you know it's it's not a it's not a perfect thing it's a real community thing you've got you know a glass of whatever you choice is yeah, to yeah. kind of take the the edge <laughs> off the, like the self-judgment line. yeah yeah and then you do an arrangement normally of a, a fairly well-known song that people can drop into but you know you kind of take it to another level and um whether it's it's harmonies where where two different sections are, are singing the same lyrics but slightly different notes which creates this huge chord sound or there's like a call and response thing and right so are you got do you work on the same song for multiple weeks or it's like this week we're doing yeah so it's a new song every week yeah. so the the beauty of that is like if you can make it we're not you know we're not doing a an eight week rehearsal block and then a performance yeah it's just like if you can make it if this you make week it, yeah you're not you gonna turn yeah next week we go to the next song so th- this week we're doing Pockets by Tom Richardson. If you bump those, bump those numbers up. No, yeah, I know. I should. No, it's not well known enough. It would take me. It might take me three weeks to teach. You know, the beauty of doing a well known song is I normally don't have to teach much. That's just like, know what it is. Once yeah. you get to the chorus, what we, what's on the menu tonight? What can't tell you. It's a secret. Well, I don't no, tell anybody. This is not going to be out in time. Do you reckon this is no, going? No, can't live? tell you. It's take me six weeks to edit this. <laughs> no, that can't let the cat out of the bag. Uh I've got one last bit for you. I want to um, draw our attention to uh, some bits of some bits of machinery you've got going on here. But in particular, I did flick through your uh, Instagram uh, when I do my research for this. You've had a lot of different hairstyles, by the way. You've had a, you've had you've, dreadlocks actually. The first time I three I knew maybe you way back when yeah. And then there was like, there was one more. It was like a bit of an afro thing you had going on. It was short, but then it was quite. I mean, you were. Surfy was probably quite unkept, and you got the long hair now. And is that what you get three? Have you had, had a real short back and sides like me or not? Uh, it was never styled, it was just like, yeah, it was straight off the back of having <laughs> dreadlocks for eight years. And I was like, man, I just need the least amount of hair on my head. So it was, you know, like a number three that I'd do myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, shaved head. yeah so there you go. Happy days, <laughs> just get it off. Uh, but this guitar popped up. I want to sort of draw our attention to this thing here. Um, I could pretend I knew what it was called, but I don't. What, what, what is it? Tell me the story behind this. Because I think it's it's more than just a guitar you buy off the shelf. To you, it's very important. Yeah. And, and it's... How... We do... If you... You know, if we've got time, there's actually two... This is, this is the culmination of one of the most amazing stories of my life. Um, this particular guitar to kind of set it up, it's called a Chaturangui, which is a, it's something that was kind of, it's, it's a hybrid between like a Hawaiian style Weizenborn slide guitar, uh, and then an Indian classical slide guitar, Mohan Veena, mm. um, which a guy called Tim Kill, he's up in the Dandenongs, he's a absolute 
genius mad scientist just him in this little studio up in the hills but he creates these most amazing instruments and he's kind of created this hybrid um but that guitar was actually a gift for for my birthday from a a really really dear friend who this is beautiful because it reminds me that i need to reconnect with her but she contacted me out of the blue she's um her and her husband uh were german polish but they're living in germany and she called me my phone randomly rang and she was was living in australia working in australia and they'd heard my cd i think it was a cd they'd heard my music playing in a, a cafe um in port ferry and she called me and she said i need to talk to you really thick accent which i'm not even going to attempt but yeah. i need to talk to you about writing a song rent like very straight down the line um and so the next weekend she came to a show and she told me that her son who was around my age had just within the last year passed away in an accident in germany and and he had one of these not this particular guitar but a similar guitar he was making with tim kill and he he never finished it right um and she said that she'd been looking for an artist who played this particular kind of lap steel guitar and when she heard my music in the cafe it was almost like her son jens was was playing and singing yeah and she said it was almost like a really surreal and so it took me two two years to write this song for Jens and then I, I finally sent her a, a, an email and she was still in Australia. I said, hey, I finished it. Believe it or not, I'm touring in Germany. I won't be back in Australia until October. And then two weeks later, I was playing this little tiny cafe in the north of Germany and she walked through the door oh, wow. with her husband and, and one of her son's friends who was with him the night that he passed away and she said surprise um we we're ready to hear the song tonight <laughs> and I, I hadn't played it to anyone wow i literally just finished it and i hadn't practiced it to perform it and it was the most yeah the most wild experience and then right before i went on stage he's like the reason that we flew home tonight is because tonight marks three years since Jens passed away it's his it's his anniversary tonight and I I tried to like kind of explain because I was pretty scattered on stage and I was explaining this story and and every single person was was in in tears but Christina this lady Christina was sitting you know kind of towards the back with this it's almost like a smile on her face like a real like a level of contentment like this was a huge part of her healing process and she hadn't even heard the song yet and it's through that process and I you know I think that's got a lot to do with the work that I'm doing now that it it completely took me off stage and out of you know out of this dude who'd just been touring around by himself, selling his own CDs, writing his own songs. It's very much about you as a person, even though you're sharing 
music and and music as a as a vehicle for what it does for other people in their life it was a real kind of wake up call for me and and it's it's changed my life and and Christina is almost like a a second mum to me yeah now yes. and she gifted me that guitar and so is this the is this that's the not, built version of the one that that Jens was doing at the time or that's a bit of a supercharged yeah. version but I um talking to Kim to to Tim when he was making the guitar you know his side of the story was he'd been building this guitar with this young German man he didn't get it finished and he had to go back to Germany and he didn't hear from him yeah ah yeah of course for two years and and then he he sent an email and Christina wrote back and ah. and said this is this is the situation and and Tim beautifully finished the guitar and sent it to her in, in Germany so she's got Jens's she's got yeah guitar but it's that's kind of the um the roundabout story of so did she like your song that. yeah <laughs> I bet she did fortunately <laughs> I know it's the, the it's a and um yeah, yeah crazy 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 experience. But is that um, song on any one of your albums, or is that one that you've sort of written and said that's it, that's that's served its purpose now? It's uh no, I um I really it's been a really amazing journey for me. It's on not my latest not my latest album, but the the pockets the same yeah. record. As that one? It's just called Song for Yens. Oh, yeah. it is. So, okay, I was yeah. going to say, well, is it hard to find? But no, it wasn't. No, right. it, didn't need, <laughs> it didn't need anything else. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to mess with that. Right. Yeah. So you said it was a, a supercharged version. I've been sitting here counting strings. I think I got, I got to... There's 20 strings on it. There should be 22. You've, you've lost a couple. Yeah, well, a couple, <laughs> a couple <laughs> getting ridiculous. in the way. I'm still figuring out how to play the thing. Um, and there's a couple of strings that one day maybe I'll put back on there, but initially they were just getting in the way of my, my thumb on my right hand. So I was like, these got to go. Oh, so yeah, they came off on but, purpose. Yeah. 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 Yes. But yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's kind of like a string quartet an Indian string quartet just naturally plays from the vibration of the guitar while you play the, the six main strings. Oh, so, so the, the, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to maybe get a photo and, and maybe stick it at the end of the show. So put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. The photo. Can you do photos? <laughs> but so these ones here, you don't really play them. They just play. They just play themselves. Play with the vibration of, of yeah. you playing the, the yep. normal six string. Yeah, I know. I'd love to. Yeah, it's a. It's a. Oh, right. It's hard to kind of explain, really... but yeah, you hear this beautiful slide guitar, and then underneath there's this resonance of the. They're called sympathetic strings. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, there you go. I learned something. That's why you're an interesting person, Tom Richardson. <laughs> That's don't why know. I got you on the podcast. I don't know about that. I want to like, I want to, you know, we need to get someone to interview you and like kind of flip the... Flip it. I don't think I'm interested enough. People hear from me. Everybody anyway. People don't want to, no don't want to hear from me. No, I disagree. People, I sell tickets to my shows and people don't even come to them, so... <laughs> That's right. I had to create a choir before people would turn <laughs> yeah, up. You will listen to me. Like, I'll make you. If you if you won't listen to me sing, listen to all these people sing. <laughs> Say no to them. Yeah. Um, I reckon. I reckon we're about done. Actually, we, we were just about done, and then uh, I didn't realize that that 
story was linked to the guitar. I was just expecting you to tell me. Yeah, that. I yeah, can't. I can't even. Yeah, you can't even talk about that guitar without um, the that story. The homage so to Jens and surely people and stuck Christina. around listen to it. That was amazing. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think what you do is, is amazing, Tom, and the amount of time and effort that you give um, people because of, of what you can do with music. Um, I know you've helped my school. You've, the, the, the choirs that you do are huge. Um, a whole bunch of other people have benefited from what you do. So, well done for a start. Thank you. It sounds like an award ceremony, but... Uh... No, that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> well done. All right. Thanks very much, Tom Richardson. It's no. been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.